0: Even before gamification was a word, John Finley was leading the charge as an innovator in the area, and guess what? He's at it again. Finley has helped to crack the code that makes gamification and game-based learning a potent combination, and that's especially paramount given how digital technology has leaped forward during the pandemic and how customers more than ever need to learn how to use it. The bridge our committed employees have gone through the game-based training and can help people adapt to the new normal. Today on Dave and Darm demystify the 2Ds will talk to John Findlay of Lemonade LXP to learn more about this revolution that promises to be a reshaping force in 2022.
1: From the studios of NMD Plus in the UK and US comes the Dave and Darm Demystify Show. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show making a sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave
2: Wallace and Mystery. Demystify. Welcome, everybody, to today's show. And joining us all the way from Ottawa, Canada, is John Findlay from Lemonade LXP. Welcome, John. Thank you for joining us. Do you want to give everybody an introduction to yourself and tell us a bit about Lemonade LXP as well?
0: Sure thing. John Finlay, CEO of Lemonade LXP. We're a digital adoption and learning experience platform specifically designed to help financial institutions drive digital adoption, fluency and transformation. We've been in market, well, we'd started building the software about five years ago and fully brought it to market. Basically just on time for the pandemic to beat us down. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: I mean, you've been at this for five years. How is it going since the pandemic? I mean it's it's been two years, right? So how's it gone through the pandemic period? You know what have you done to kind of keep things moving?
0: Yeah, so prior to the pandemic, we were able to muster a little less than 10 customers. And when we brought the software to market, we really only had the learning experience side. And then the pandemic kind of halted things. But during that time frame, we built a digital adoption platform, which we really officially launched at the beginning of this year. And since then, we've managed to grow more than tripled our client base. We're up to about 34 customers now. Wow. It's gone really well because we're addressing a real problem that was accentuated by the COVID crisis. So as branches shut down or reduced services, customers or members, depending on whether they're a credit union or bank, flocked to digital channels. And what that meant was many of them were going to digital banking and had never used it before. So they saw a significant spike in contact center requests. And our platform is specifically designed to educate frontline staff on your digital products and also to support customers who are migrating to digital. So we just happened to have a pretty timely solution where it was really a bad time to bring it to market. By the time the pandemic hit its zenith, we were positioned with a pretty good product. So I think that we were unlucky and then lucky.
2: So, I mean, just to be clear, what you have is a way of taking a digital banking experience and turning that into a customer demo or a sort of way of customers sort of interacting with the digital banking experience without having to log on. Is that right?
0: That's exactly it. Let me give you the background. So Lemonade is actually a spinoff of a company I co-founded in 1999 called Launchfire, And it builds game-based digital promotions. And you're probably thinking, how the heck is this relevant? But the game-based digital promotions we build are like microsites with games and contests that are designed to educate consumers, get them to buy more stuff. For example, we're the agency record for Coca-Cola Global. So we do this for a lot of big brands, CPG companies, so forth. But it was that educate piece that kind of pushed us in this direction. In 2005, we were working with the Tylenol brand to promote the new rapid release pill, The sales manager played the promotional game we built and said, this is a great educational tool. Can you morph it into an e-learning program? So we said, sure, I guess we can. So we did it. It Turned out to be the top sales training program they'd ever run. And it was pretty novel. I don't think people were doing game-based training back then. And so we got written up in a couple of training publications. After that, we did everything we could to ignore the business. But despite our utter neglect and our worst marketing efforts, we kept getting a trickle of clients. So, fast forward to about six years ago now, we we're working with MBNA on their college campus promotion. They get acquired by TD. So the head of marketing from MBNA becomes the head of digital for TD out of Philly. He contacts us and says, you know what my problem is? Our customers aren't using our online and mobile banking at the rates we'd like them to. What can you guys do? He knows us as a promo shop. So we thought about it, and the promo doesn't make sense, reaches a national audience, most of whom aren't your customers, don't care about your tech. But the people who aren't using it, where are they? They're coming into your branches and they're calling your contact centers. So we said, you know what you got to do? You got to turn your frontline staff into digital advocates. You got to turn them into ambassadors so that they can promote and support the technology. And he said, yeah, good idea. But most of our employees don't bank with us because they're not required to, which we then learned is the case at most financial institutions in North America. So we said, well, if they have don't bank with you, they've never used the tech. There's absolutely no way they're going to recommend it because then they'll look like an idiot if people go, that's great, show me how to use it. Uh, Sorry, can't do that. (laughs) So they said, yeah, it makes a ton of sense, let's train them. So we built a game-based learning program bespoke from the ground up and we launched it. While it was running, we did a little research in the banking industry and learned that every bank has this problem. So when the results came in and they were fantastic, we lifted digital product recommendations tax and it did really well. And TD said, you know, we wanna roll this out more broadly. We were like, we didn't build it to scale, But now that we understand the market opportunity, we'll build you a platform, you can be the first customer. So we built this learning experience platform that has all its own authoring tools baked in and morphs the learning experience into a game-like experience that makes it fun for frontline to learn about your digital. At the same time as we were doing that for TD USA, TD Canada serendipitously and independently contacted us because their contact centers were getting hammered and they wanted us to build walkthroughs of their tech to put on their website to reduce call volumes. So we built these ground up. They had to be WCAG AA compliant for accessibility. So we built a couple hundred of them over a few years, and then their tech changed, and we had to change them all. And it wasn't free, and they weren't happy, but it, <laughs> it wasn't free, you know. So we said, "Give us some time. We think we can build a tech for this." So we built a tool that allows you to very quickly author walkthroughs of your technology, and also author an online branded, searchable WCAG compliant hub to house them. And literally you can author this stuff in a matter of days so that's how we ended up this sort of lemonade lxp with the learning experience and digital adoption platform baked into one designed specifically for financial institutions so that's kind of our tale
3: wow wow what a great story on how it's all come about i'm intrigued more about like the gaming experience can you describe what you mean by a gaming interface
0: yeah sure So the main interface of Lemonade is built in the image of today's most addictive mobile and social games. So as I mentioned, we've been doing this since 99, since before gamification was a word. So we have a pretty deep knowledge set and understanding and best practices, which we baked into the platform. So the main experience, you start with a tiny little bank in a rural town, and you're trying to grow it into a huge bank in a blooming metropolis. And the way you do that is by earning more customers. And the more customers you have, the more cash you earn per second. And then you can use that cash to upgrade your bank with all the stuff that banks are offering to customers. So you can add digital banking, you can add mobile banking, you can add cybersecurity, all this stuff. But the main interface, its real goal is just to get people coming back every day because the way you earn more customers is by taking training. And when you take the training and you do well at it, you earn more customers, which in turn earn you more revenue. And then the training results is kind of neat. Like the training itself is all broken into modules, some of which are game-based, some of which are technology walkthroughs. the same one you'd put on your academy can exist in your training. And some are role play scenarios where it creates a mock customer situation to teach the soft skills and how to promote and support the technology. And how you do in these training modules affects your progress in the booster game. So it keeps people playing over and over. So people get a crappy score the first time, They're going to play that module a bunch of times, and it's that repetition that drives the retention and comprehension that we're looking for. So it's also got the ability to curate content, pull in videos from YouTube. It's a fully baked platform, but the gamification aspects are baked into the booster game, and then the booster game drives the game-based learning. Because we make a real distinction between gamification and game-based learning. So gamification is you tack badges and leaderboards onto your existing content. And that'll work for a short while, but employees aren't dumb. They're going to go, hi, I get it. You're motivating me with a badge that has no value. So game-based learning, though, is when you morph the actual learning experience into a game. And so Lemonade has both. It's got the gamification to drive repeat engagement and participation and the game-based learning to actually make the learning experience more enjoyable and more effective
2: taking that thought and then applying it to things like the customer experience in which, you know, someone's learning the ropes around the digital banking experience. Have you sort of looked at adding game to that at all? I mean, Dharmish and I have just been at a fintech festival and education kept coming up as a theme in terms of there's a real need to educate people, not just about the solutions, but just, you know, around things like financial literacy. So I just wondered if you have seen any customer examples or worked on any customer examples of that?
0: That's such a good question. You're one step ahead. So just to explain this, so if I build a technology walkthrough, I can then put it in my training courses in Lemonade for my frontline staff, or I can put it on the branded searchable WCAG compliant hub that's customer facing so my customers can access those walkthroughs when they're having trouble. Okay. So that platform as it stands only houses the technology walkthroughs and videos, but it's a searchable hub. So it's really good to be used in the flow of work or as a customer when you're trying to solve a problem. So it's used by branch staff, contact center. It's also used by marketing and new customer onboarding, that kind of stuff. So right now, when you author content in Lemonade, the game-based learning stuff all goes into the Lemonade side, the learning experience side, and the technology walkthroughs can go either to the learning experience or over to the digital adoption platform but we are in the process of making it so that you can leverage your game-based learning modules on your digital academy. So you'll be able to export them to the digital academy so that you can use game-based learning to engage your customers. That's coming in Q1 and next year. And what's cool about that is we've got a couple of customers who wanna use it exactly for that financial literacy because there's kind of a big push around that in North America. So we're pretty excited to be bringing that stuff the game-based learning stuff to the customer-facing portal. But it's new. We haven't done it yet.
2: I guess it's not just in North America. Everywhere you go, financial literacy and education seem to be big, big themes. Again, I was kind of interested in terms of the customers that you've got. You've mentioned you're up to the mid-30s in terms of customers for the Lemonade product. How's that split between large institutions and, you know, I guess more community or second-tier banks?
0: So... It's about a third large, a third mid-sized, and a third smaller ones. The sweet spot tends to be FIs that are about 100, 150 million and higher. And then the mid-sized ones tend to be sort of a couple billion to 10 billion. And then above that, we get into the larger ones. And it's interesting, because we landed TD because they were sort of our pilot customer, we thought, oh yeah, we'll just sell the big banks. Well. We learned quickly that some big banks <laughs> it can be an awfully discouraging journey. And, you know, the sales cycle can be a couple of years. It's hard on the sales team because they don't get wins very frequently. So we started doing marketing trade shows and inbound leads and stuff. And in that net, we started to catch a bunch of midsize and smaller FIs that we've learned move much quicker. And, you know, in a business that is starting out, the analogy is fishing. You know, you got to feed your family, so you got to have a bunch of lines fishing for small stuff off the front of the boat. But you might as well have a couple of lines trolling for the lunkers off the back, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. how I view it. Because selling to a big FI is a very, very different proposition, but they have the same problems. Yeah, yeah. It's surprising how a sort of endemic the employee education piece and the customer support piece around digital is in the financial industry. I think what happens is FIs focus so heavily on trying to create the best darn tech they can and the best digital experience for their customer that what gets overlooked is that it's people that make that rubber hit the road, right? And so often what's overlooked is educating that staff so that they have the knowledge and confidence they need to promote and support it. And that's where we found this opportunity and are sort of helping companies with that.
2: It's really interesting. I mean, I think there's that. The other thing is, like for for the large FIs, just the scale of the projects means that they can often run them for years. And so actually, by the time something goes live, people are so fed up with the whole thing that the last thing they want to do is think about the demo experience, which kind of goes around it. If you're then able to come in and insert yourself and say, well, actually, we can get this up running very quickly with very little need for your resources, then, you know, that sounds like a pretty elegant solution, to be honest.
0: That's very insightful. And it's really true. You're right. By the end of a new tech implementation, or especially if it's a build in the case of some big banks, people are sick of it. They don't want to have to do the support aspect, and our tool comes in handy right then and there. So when we were building the technology walkthroughs from the ground up, because they have to be accessible, so WCAG AA, they had to go through TD accessibility. So each one was taking a week to two weeks. And now, because the accessibility is baked into the platform, the platform just went through accessibility, and it got approved. So now each walkthrough with our authoring tool is taken like less than 30 minutes.
2: that's double a compliance is it yeah this is actually quite a mission in its own right
0: oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah the first time we were so naive when we built the platform it has to be compliant okay no problem this shouldn't be a big deal then just beaten down right yeah
2: just like
0: (laughs) but yeah it's all baked in now so you know the nice thing is we've taken our lumps you know like when you get into a new industry like this and you bring your product there's a lot of stuff you don't know And those are the lumps that you earn in the early years. But most of them are behind us now. Like We understand how to work with large organizations, how to get through the vendor onboarding, security and compliance and all that stuff. We can take a lot of the load off of our clients themselves because we've done it a bunch of times. And then the implementation, we've got it down to literally a matter of a few days for smaller FIs and a few weeks for the larger ones. So That makes it really helpful because they can get something up live to support their tech and their frontline staff and their customers really quickly. So that's a bit of our secret sauce, right, is the whole ease of implementation.
3: And then from an end user perspective, as in like the bank's customers, have you had much feedback on the solution itself? And I guess that goes to the bank, but does the bank pass it on to you?
0: Yeah. So one of our FIs did a focus group of customers. And so they had them rate their confidence with their digital products prior to going through the digital academy, which is the digital adoption side, the walkthroughs. And then they had them rated after. And their initial rating out of five was in the mid threes. And after going through it, it was in the high fours. So a pretty significant lift in confidence. And then on the learning experience side, Most of our clients will do an employee survey as part of their implementation. And I mean, the results are ridiculous. It's like 92% want all of their training delivered in lemonade, 88% say it's much more effective than other forms of training. The results are crazy good. In fact, (laughs) we've had a number of customers who've had to put daily limits on how much time people can spend training, (laughs) which to me is like the ultimate yes, right? And we also have clients who have employees reaching out to their L&D folks saying, when are you going to add more training to it? Because they've sort of gone through all the content and stuff. So it's doing really, really well in terms of employee engagement, but also really helping customers get more comfortable with the technology and driving digital fluency.
2: Congratulations, because I mean, it's like a real winner. Yeah. As the world moves more to platforms like mobile, as banks really think about their sort of mobile strategies, one of the things about mobile is it needs to evolve very quickly. So I guess being able to respond to platform updates and do that in a timely fashion is kind of essential. So it sounds like you've got the agility, but are you able to kind of respond to that with your platform?
0: Yeah. Editing your walkthroughs and stuff is super simple. So from uh, a customer perspective, when their tech changes, it's very fast to update. And it's actually got some neat features. Like if you're using the learning experience platform to train your frontline staff on a tech, and then you've got the digital adoption platform that's customer facing, you can change your technology walkthrough because your tech has changed and train your frontline staff before you push the new one to your digital academy because you don't want to have the wrong support for your customers. So you can pre-train your staff on it and then swap out your new tech demo for your customers the day it launches. So you end up with a staff that's prepared prior to the launch, and then the support tool that just gets turned on on the day of launch. So we've thought that stuff through. And then from a mobile standpoint, the user experience, it's all universally accessible. So if I take my screen and shrink it down, you'll see it change into a mobile view so it's accessible on all devices and because we're a digital promo shop you know we have to be good at that stuff so yeah that's all kind of baked in
3: i mean i love the platform it sounds like not something that i thought about before in the past that you know you just assume that people don't know how to use their mobile banking services or internet services right Certainly, you know, I didn't think people struggle with it because banks look at usability as the answer. If we make the app usable, then it's all that we need to do. But I think this whole aspect of education, even driving the adoption of the education through a gamification kind of approach is genius, really. And I don't understand now why there isn't more of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I guess, John, you'll have seen this in terms of the pandemic, that actually what you have is we're well past the early adopter stage in terms of things like digital channel take-up. Now what we have is cohorts of people coming on who are not, you know, mobile first. Yeah. They're very used to the traditional ways of doing things. So, you know, all of that usability, done, which you talk about, is probably being done with the wrong people in terms of an aging population of people who are kind of coming on who may not be used to doing these things. Right,
0: right. Yeah. And I think there's also when you have new employees come aboard, you know, you got to train them on all your tech too. And that aging population, you know, it's interesting. One of the use cases for the digital adoption platform is of course, contact centers. And I think of it, I'm sure you've had the experience where your tech support for your parents, you know, they call you, they can't figure out how to do something. They're a little angry because they've tried a bunch of times. So they're frustrated and then you're trying to help them, but you can't see their screen. They're not describing it in a way that you can visualize it so you get frustrated. Next thing you know, it's just a crappy experience for everybody. Well, that's the nice thing about this digital adoption platform is it's got actually a feature in there where you can email the walkthrough to the customer so you guys can get on the same page. And then you can also select from a menu what screen they're on. So you can say, what screen are you having trouble with? Oh, I'm having trouble with setting up privacy and security. So you can actually look at the menu, go to the exact screen they're on and say, okay, let me walk you through from here. And I'll tell you one other cool story. Your customers do amazing things, right? You put stuff in the wild and they do stuff you never thought of. They've MacGyver things and figure stuff out. So TD called us and said, our customers are dropping off on the demos and we're wondering why. And so we thought about it and we're like, well, they're dropping us because they solved their problem, right? You're not going to keep going through a demo. You're going to go back to the real thing that you're trying to solve the problem for. So they said, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then a little while later, we're talking to them and they said, we realized with our tracking, we can see where people dropped off. We can see commonalities in where people are dropping off. And that allows us to identify problems in our UX. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I can't believe we never thought of that. Yeah. So the smart folks over at TD realized that. And so now they're using it to identify where they have problem areas, which is really cool.
2: I love that. I love the fact that the law of unforeseen consequences will always deliver. Yeah. So listen, thank you so much for joining us. We're sort of almost out of time. I guess one final question is the center of gravity is in North America. Any plans to head across the pond at all?
0: Yeah. So we actually have worked with a few FIs. Well, one that's really across the pond in Australia, National Australia Bank. So we're GDPR compliant. We've worked with IS Bank out of Turkey, Bank of Africa. We do want to penetrate the market. We haven't had much of a presence there, but we are GDPR compliant. We've got everything sort of set up to do that. We just need to find a way to better sell our services over there.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Congratulations, because it sort of sounds like you're one of the beneficiaries of the pandemic.
0: Well, we're only partway there. I think there's a ton of opportunity for us and we're nerds, right? So we're continually doing cool stuff to the platform. So I think we're going to bring even more valuable features and cool tech to help FIs in the coming years. So partway there. Fabulous.
3: Congratulations. Well done.
0: Thanks, Darm. I appreciate it. And thank you guys very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's really fun to chat with you guys
2: about this. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Darm
1: Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week. The Dave and Darm Demystify Show is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago and Austin, Texas.